Anything is possible. Literally anything. If you want to be more happy, that's possible. If you want to be happy every day, if you want to be confident, if you want to get ripped, anything is possible. I literally thought maybe it's not possible to be happy all the time, but I'm striving for that to happen, and I think that's possible. My guest today, Andy Mai, is continuing on with his mission to empower others through his pledge to create a thousand success stories and his gamified education website, studying.com. We talk about some of the ideas about time management we explored last time around, and we get an in-depth look at studying.com's functionality, and I get to provide some feedback for it, a privilege I don't take lightly. While the small details may seem just that, small, what we get to talk about today in regards to managing those small details on a daily basis is tantamount to living an optimized, productive, and happy life. Even between the time of recording this episode and writing this introduction, which happens later down the line, not a day has gone by where I have not looked at how to make tomorrow that much better. Andy Mai, there is a big, huge smile on my face because you are back. Welcome back to Ecomotics. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Quite early. Didn't get much sleep last night, but uh, I was really excited to jump on this. I think last night, I nearly like forgot about Luckily, Monday night, which is last night, had a reminder. It was like 7 a.m. tomorrow because I know that things I put that high in my calendar. Well, I know 7 a.m. is pretty normal for most people, but I usually wake up like around 8. Um, so, and then I get to the table around um, 10 a.m. So anything before like 10 a.m., I usually it's blocked out and I don't expect to see anything above. So I have to write a note saying, hey, tomorrow at 7 a.m., there's going to be something. And that luckily reminds me I set the alarm um, and, and now, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Seven a.m. is like my my uh, my stretch goal for waking up. My alarm is set for a hard eight o'clock, but seven a.m. is like my my ambitious wake up time. It's the oh, I, I'm I'm gently being aroused out of sleep and not being well. I, I tried getting an alarm clock that has like the sounds of nature, but even those can be pretty grating first thing in the morning. Like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> what I've been using is this um. This light bulb, it will sort of um, slowly light up. It'll be this bright blue color, similar to the sun's, the, the sky's blue light. Then uh, it slowly fades on at my desired time. And that's been a pretty good way to wake up, I think. Yeah. 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 My, mine does that too. It, uh, great concept. Um, but I'll still like, I'll, I'll, I'll look over and it'll be shining in my face and I'll just be like, screw you, Glock. I totally can relate. Like, I thought I'd be able to wake up with like, joy but it still sucks being woken up to like i definitely want to like you know um go through some some mindset stuff because there's different i guess chapters or phases i guess of ecomonics uh i definitely lean into a lot of the mindset and working habit stuff because i felt like you know we we want to establish these things so that we are in a better uh, state of mind when we get to more of the granular stuff well we'll definitely talk more about that but i'm gonna i'm gonna chamber it because um we've got some really important stuff we want to cover today so for those of you who are joining us maybe for the first time or this is the first time you're listening to my guest andy uh i respectfully request that you go listen to the first episode because I choose to not make people have to repeat themselves because people's time is very valuable. So with that, give you guys a second, go listen. Okay, great. Welcome back. So before we get into the meat of the episode, there are a couple of um, mindset questions and uh, stuff that I was um, interested in, in following up with you about. One of them that sticks out to me is and I have to say, this is actually probably one of the most resonant um, takeaways that have stuck out to me of all the conversations that I had, because uh, we were talking about how to like optimize meal preparation. 
doesn't seem like a big thing, but it it can actually uh, add up because uh, the logic was if you know your your time is more valuable than the money you're saving cooking food, then you're better off either just like ordering. So I've talked about this to a number of people, and I credit you. Although if I'm being honest, I may have slipped a couple of times. And for the most part, people see the logic. But I, there was one um, a person who had asked me a question about um, batch meal prep that I didn't have an answer for. So. Um, two parts. Number one, has your uh, philosophy on this, has it evolved in any way? Is it, has it taken a new shape? And then secondly, is it possible that by say like preparing things, say like, you know, Monday you cook for like two hours, you get all your meals sorted out for the rest of it. Is it actually has possible to uh, condense it in such a way that it is a valuable use of time? Beautiful. Great question. I love that question. I've had like eight months to think about it because it's really been like uh, top of mind because it's not just, sorry, I know, I know you're about to answer, but because this isn't just about the food itself. It's about the underlying logic that can be used to actually look for efficiencies in a lot of ways, efficiency with laundry, efficiency with with, with sleep, with uh, preparing for the day, getting dressed, exercising. It It can apply to all sorts of places. Right. So right now I'm actually wanting to open up the Excel sheet that I put together for that video to see if I still have it. Okay, it looks like I can't find it right now, but I was actually going to go through like a live example um, with you. Um, to answer the first question, um, I think, let's say several months back, I think I was probably eating like meal prep containers where you would just, it would be like fresh food, you microwave it, and you get the food. Um, did that for a few months. And then my mom was like, why don't you just, give me the money and, and i'll cook for you and that's exactly so what i've been doing where like rather than just paying the company i just sort of give the money to my mom and she's been cooking and delivering meals now the question of bulk meal prepping um i think that when you bulk meal prep the time of buying the groceries the time of washing dishes daily um what's the other big time i think those are probably the two biggest time-consuming things, those still probably exist. Now, you probably do save time, a lot of time, cooking every day. So maybe the time you reduce by bulk meal prepping on a Monday would probably be reduced by 100% or 50% or be cut in half, and that's pretty conservative. Also, you have to take into account that you're, you're going to be eating like you'll get really bored because the food is just going to be the same every day. So you're going to have to take that into account. So if you cut the time in half, Rather than having to earn above $7.50 per hour to make it not worth it for you to cook or valuing that extra hour to watch TV, spend time with family, do other hobbies, if that is worth more than $7.50, then you shouldn't sort of cook. You should go meal preps. If you bulk meal prep, maybe that will double. Rather than $7.50, now you have to be willing to be like, okay, if I cook, I'm going to save $15 rather than... 750. Now that might change a lot of people. People might be like, okay, $15 is quite a lot for me. I, I prefer saving $15 rather than having this extra hour because I wouldn't be able to do anything with this extra hours anyways. Um, so I think that'll be my answer. One would just double up the sort of costs per hour. Um, and even if you were able to optimize it, like you somehow, um, cooked faster, you somehow found a way to, you bought, um, plastic plates. Um, if you bought plastic plates and you didn't have to do dishes, that would probably cut the time into like one, one third. Cause still you have to go to the grocery and then buy the stuff and then do the initial cooking. But you, now you don't have to wash dishes every day. 
So now instead of $750, it will be triple that. It'll be like $21, $22, $23 an hour. Um, and yeah, that's what my answer, I guess. I'm impressed by that. The main thing that sticks out is the, um, you know, the, the lateral efforts that have to be put in in order to, to make the plan work out. So having to go to the grocery store, having to, having to wash dishes. And yeah, there is like a third pillar in there somewhere. I can't quite um, put my, my finger on it. One that it doesn't take up too much time, but I guess it's worth mentioning too, is that when we order meals, the meals usually come in ready to eat. Um, they're usually warm. Um, whereas in, 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 in the microwave setting, depending on the level of preservation that you have to apply to it, maybe it has to be frozen, well, then you have to take it out. You have to thaw it. And, you know, by the time lunchtime rolls around, it's like half thawed. And then there's still an iceberg in the middle. You got to put that into the microwave and that could take five minutes. That could take 10 minutes. So, you know, you add that up over the week and next thing you know, you've lost an hour uh, just warming up the food. So I think we're, that's kind of where that third pillar might be. That's the only other thing that sticks out to me. Um, but again, the reason why I, I bring this up is again, because of that underlying logic is if you apply this thought process to something as routine as eating, that thought process can, uh, can apply into other ways. And I'm just going to throw it out into the ether just in case, but did you notice the fundamental rule set that you were using and has it applied itself in, in other uh, capacities? First thing that comes to my mind thinking about it now for the last five seconds is the valuing of different parts. So I, I used to have like hundreds of different things I had to do. I didn't have a way to organize and know which to do first and which was the most important. And then I started valuing each task. This task was worth 5,000. This task was worth 50,000. This task was only worth 10,000. And I started organizing different tasks into all these different columns based on their value. Um, so that's one thing that it really helped led to. The next big thing is over the last year, I've been like banging my head against the wall, trying to figure out how to be consistently motivated and productive. There's so many days when I'm killing it, so many days when I'm not killing it. And this is constant sort of um, up, down, um, alternating sort of um, thing. It wasn't consistent. I wasn't happy. And, and it was just, it just sucked because I, I felt like I wasn't in control. Some days I would just not get things done and some days I would. Um, things would come up, for example, if it wasn't for this interview, since I had a long, long day last night, there's a good chance I might have just took this day off. I mean, this is a Tuesday. Um, but since I have this sort of... Um, Final solution that I came to, but before we go to the final solution, like I was trying everything. I was trying different waking up routines, different waking up times, different morning routines, working out, not working out, cold showers, not cold, having cold showers, I'm putting my phone away, banning my phone, deleting all the apps on my phone, putting a timer on my TV that would only allow the TV to turn on from 6 to 9 p.m. Um, eating in silence, eating while I'm listening to podcasts, um, eating just on my phone uh, and the consequences of that. Should I do that for both lunch and breakfast and lunch or should I do it just only for breakfast? Um, what, when should I eat dinner? Should I, like there's all these different things I was testing and I found a solution that worked for each but I wasn't able to combine it all until I came to creating this checklist I have a checklist of every single little thing that I need to check off throughout the day. And I think 
when I sort of name as a checklist, it's a bit unrelatable. It's a bit sort of, that's like crazy. Why do you have a checklist for the whole day? I guess the, the best metaphor, it's not like a checklist. It's like a workout set. It's like a swimming set. When you go swimming, you just follow all these things. That's sort of the best metaphor. It's like a workout set that you follow. Rarely during a workout, do you just leave halfway. The moment you start that workout, you just start checking it until it's done. That's the metaphor I have for it. So I have this sort of daily checklist that I sort of have and like have every little minor thing. Like you will have wake up, five minutes of meditation, exercise part one, go to the restroom, exercise part two, make oats, clear the dishes, eat oats in silence. And I specifically put it in silence. Boil water, water plants, fill up thermos, fill up the kettle, brush teeth, cold shower, guitar practice, um, post something on my Instagram reels, log into my Binance, and then put my phone on airplane mode and put my phone away. So that's a no little thing. Next, write down all side tasks and save it for later. That's another little thing because I've noticed when I was just clearing my day, I'll start going into different side tangents rather than just trying to clear my morning routine and clear all my inboxes. So I should put side things onto my thing. Um, morning routine, lunch, silence, no TV, no podcast, no music. Um, so I'll basically put in all these trap preventions into the checklist. Um, and then the, the next thing I'm going to implement soon is I can only have lunch after I completed the, the task before lunch and I can only have dinner until I end the day. Um, and then that should have prevented me from ending so late last night. Um, I can't remember why I, I had dinner before I, I ended. I think I picked up my phone because my mom called me or something. I can't remember, but I think the, the prevention to that is I'm going to throw my phone until I wrap up the day. So if I get any messages saying, hey, do you want to have dinner? I can't pick up the phone because I don't have my phone with me. The timing of this uh, is pretty opportune too, because I've uh, th- this is something that I've been struggling with. Some breakthroughs are having having checklist task lists, um, just writing down all the things that uh, I could potentially get done today. Uh, but what what I would I wouldn't write down the stuff that becomes routine. Like I wouldn't be writing down wake up most of the time. Sometimes I do, but for the most part, uh, I, I wouldn't do it. And what what I like about your your, your system is the the sequential nature of it. The first thing has to be done when I wake up, nothing happens before wake up, right? And you have to forgive me that, you know, I grew up uh, in the 90s and there's that, I think it was system of a down, the chop suey. Every time you hear wake up, I just grab a brush and put a little makeup. I'm sorry, it just, it, I can't stop it. Anyways, so you're doing that and then each task uh, is the next uh, significant priority and you can't do the next one until the first one is cleared. And there's one thing I'm wondering about that, which is, is timing a factor? So let's just say, for instance, that the first few tasks, you expect to do them by say 9 a.m., but it's 10 a.m. and they haven't been done yet. Do you still do them or do you say, okay, the other tasks, which I'm expecting to do by 10 a.m., they're starting to take more priority. I have to go to them right away. Awesome. So one reason why I do the wake up at 8 a.m. is I also have this like point tracking system where every day there are 30 things. And I try to hit up all 30. If I hit up 25, and I write 25 on the whiteboard. And I could accumulate all these points. Now, the reason why I created the system is because I also have a problem of not knowing when to take a holiday. I didn't know when to take a four or five day break. I literally just didn't know. 
Um, I didn't know if I should continue working, if I should take a break. I would only take a break if it sort of, there was a business trip. I was able to kill two birds with one stone. But what happens if that doesn't come up for the last two years because of lockdown or COVID? Um, and all of a sudden now I'm like, in this dilemma of like, do I deserve a break? Should I keep working? So with this point system, if I rack up, I should be hovering around 20,000 to 40,000 points. But I shouldn't go above 40,000 because then I'm due for a break and I shouldn't go below 20,000 because then I'm taking off too many breaks. So it will take, I'll spend each day that I complete, I'll get like 30, 33 points if I smash out the day. Each day I take off would take away 125 points. So it's a perfect equilibrium where if you work five days a week, you can take two days off and you can do that forever. Or you can work six days a week, take one day off, and each week you'll be saving one day so that eventually seven weeks in, you can take off a, take off seven days. Um, so that's another system I added in. Um, to answer the next question of the sequential things, um, I think that's a great question. Um, usually I've said it in a way where if I wake up later, like I've had days where I woke up at 11, I'm more refreshing. I'm able to actually lock through all these things much, much quicker. Um, and then I sort of tend to catch up because I put in a lot of breathing room into this checklist. Number two is, could I start halfway? That's something I haven't tested yet. Theoretically, yes, because each Task is a trigger for the next task. So if I start halfway, just starting with that task, it should be able to trigger the next and next. And I think I'm going to test that today because today with this sort of meeting and change of schedule, I most likely would skip the cold shower because I've already changed. Um, I might skip the workout. I'm not too sure. Like right now I am sort of um, bouncing between. Can I just like go through everything? Might as well. Or should I actually try and, and, and skip a a few things and now i'm trying to think is this the logical side of me talking or is this the emotional side of me talking that's wanting me to skip the workout which is pretty gruesome and skip the cold shower which i also you know it's, it's pretty tough um or is this a logical move and then to answer that i'll probably like just like talk to myself out loud and and i'll come to an answer I'm curious to hear the results of that when it comes to that point. Not that I'm the best at prediction. Once, once in a while, I, I think the 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 strongest element of it is the ability to make it a, a sequence, and that the over time the muscle memory starts to build up, and part of doing these things in order just makes that much easier for it to sink in. So that's kind of where where I'm thinking um, the that's where it's going to be at its best. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I love talking about this so much so that I'm going to put a pin in it for now. And, uh, depending on how much time we've got, we'll, we'll we can come back to it, which I, I forgot to ask you by the way, but, uh, it's already 30 minutes into our booking. Do you have to run in the next 30 minutes or can we, uh, can I keep you for a little bit longer? Yeah, you keep me a bit. Uh, I have to run. Okay. Lovely. One of the main things that we had talked about last time that uh, we were uh, you, you, we, we were it was an exciting conversation because um, it speaks to the continuation of education on the in the digital space and you you set it up it was studying.com 
which is, by the way, it's a, you're, you're so excited that your name right now is studying.com. So, uh, which I'm all for, you know, uh, 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 brand away, my friend. And so let's hear from, it, it was eight months ago. And at that time, I think you would acquire the domain, but that was all I knew about it. So how is it going? And um, yeah, I mean, there's like a hundred different ways I can ask a question, but um, I'm, I'm just happy to see that you follow through. And so how are things going with it? And what have you seen unfold so far? This is something you can probably relate to. Um, back then, my goal was to really gamify education. Like I've always had this dream to create a, my own game, just like how you've been wanting to create this amazing fantasy book. Like for some reason, I've always played games and I was like, man, like I could create a game way better than this. And just out of chance, I've been thrown into the education space. And one of the biggest things I wanted to do, I, was, I wanted to gamify and socialize education. I wanted to add in features like if you watch a video, your game needs speed. You can level up. Um, you can then, there's a leaderboard. Eventually, maybe there's like a currency where it's like if you, if you go free to play, you could actually go through the program and just learn a lot and use whatever you earn to buy more courses for free. Um, and I'm more than happy to pay the grade off that difference just to encourage people to that are free to play mode to just study for free and if people buy courses they can also watch content and gain sort of eat speed gain some currency and then spend that buying another course and it creates this sort of compounding effect that was sort of like the goal um, as well as creating like a community and when i looked at kajabi looked at udemy all these other online course platforms couldn't help me offer this and I was like, okay, you know, I know my long-term goals. That's my long-term goal. I'm going to have to develop this in-house. So we went ahead and spent a lot of time, found the perfect developer, trying to grow the development team. And then we started working on the portal. Um, and we've been working on the online portal and that whole system I'm talking, telling you about over the last few months. Um, and we had, we launched version one maybe three months ago. Now, version two is actually being launched in the next one or two weeks. So, you know, I wish version two would be out now so I could show you all the new extra features. Um, but version two is sort of on its cusp. Um, and like, you know, I have like many, many different ideas on it. Keep implementing and this game, this like game of building my own sort of product has been so satisfying because it's something that, you know, I'm coming up with ideas. I'm pitching it and it's turning into life. Um, and it's turning into like real time and, and it's just, yeah, that, that's sort of the, the, the quick summary of the update, I guess. You are right. I, I can relate to it due to my um, extensive knowledge and experience with gaming. And so for those of you who maybe, you know, you don't spend too much time playing games. So one thing that a lot of games struggle with is A, how do they make money? And B is how to create a fair ecosystem for people who are paying and people who aren't which you'll find in in a lot of games is it's it seems to work as long as the two groups don't have too much interaction um for for instance if there's a game where players are allowed to kill one another the, the players who have invested money into it tend to be at an advantage they have a, a stronger weapon they have a helmet that doesn't look like one of those little propeller caps um, and whereas the people who are just playing for free, they're the ones that are usually on, on the back foot. Um, conversely, 
skill is one of the great equalizers. So you will have people who will invest money into it, but they're still terrible at the game. And so they will end up getting walloped by somebody who's naturally adept at the game, even if they're not um, using any money. So this is uh, by no means an indication of, uh, of studying.com's uh, particular strategy, but this is just the, the, the situation as it stands. So what I'm wondering about is the, have you, are you noticing in whether you're strategic or perhaps already in execution is, are there um, actual advantages that um, free-to-play people are holding over um, pay-to-play people? And conversely, are actually have there actually been disadvantages for people who are investing money into it? Maybe their expectations are too high. Maybe they're, they're not getting the results they thought because they're putting the money down and they have perhaps rightly, perhaps wrongly, an expectation of a result to occur as a, as a, a result of them putting money down. Awesome, great question. So right now I haven't implemented. So Portal version 2 is going to allow the free-to-play pick to come in. Now, the problem I've been going over is like, as it telling me that the idea, I haven't implemented yet, the idea is the when someone signs up for studying.com, they'll be just like signing up for Facebook.com. There'll be a lot of people giving away free resources. When you post on a newsfeed, you get EXP. When you send messages on the group chat, um, when you say downloads on resources and you watch through it, you'll gain EXP. And it's going to be a probably low, slow process. You can probably just, it'll take you forever to go through a bunch of free content for you to save up enough EXP to then put it into, say, my program. Now, another thing I was like, okay, if there's already EXP levels, it's going to be way too confusing if I implement a currency. Like, how am I going to figure this out? One solution is maybe like have EXP and currency be the exact same thing. You gain up EXP and every time you purchase a course, now you lose that EXP and you, you get knocked back down. So in order to stay on the top of the leaderboard, either one, you have to just watch more cons, you somehow consume and be more active than the rate of you watching, you paying and downloading courses. Or two, you then become a sort of course creator where you have your own you share your own resources, you share your own value that you've learned from contributing these other courses. When people go ahead and sort of download your content and watch your content, you get XP as people watch your video. So as a creator, you get like XP from everyone. It's like YouTube. Like if you have a channel, you get views from everyone that watches your videos. Um, so maybe I can see that in the end, people at the top of the leaderboard will be mainly creators and, and a few people who just spend all day consuming content um and, and that's sort of what i envision it's like no near coming to fruition yet um that'll probably be like a portal version three or version four thing i think um but yeah I, i'd love to get your thoughts and um and yeah you're right this is something that you can definitely relate to i could just tell like me like last time when we talked about maple story mmos rpgs um you're totally on top of those things and i guess that's sort of where we um we overlap have you ever heard of uh, Newgrounds.com? I have not. Okay. So Newgrounds.com is where I cut my teeth as a, as a kid. And it is an animator's website. They have animations. They have games. They have, I think they do like just a straight up writing um, art. Uh, now Newgrounds is also, by the way, it is not family friendly. Um, there was actually a great deal of mature content. Uh, in the idea of breaking Newgrounds, they are actually one of the 
um, last remaining frontiers of freedom of expression. If people want to do something horrific and violent, they're free to do it. I mean, you know, there's always the, you know, the, like the big three, the three things like you don't do no matter what, otherwise you'll get kicked off the website. But for the most part, they allow for people to kind of do whatever it is that they please. And yes, and there was even adult content for those of you wondering. So you can filter it so you don't look at the adult content, but just so you all know. Now, that's not the, the reason why I'm bringing it up. The reason why I'm bringing it up is because Newgrounds is, had, has a system that um, has some similarities to what you're describing here. So somebody would sign up for an account and people would submit their, their animations, their games into the portal. And when they first arrive, they are being voted on. And if the votes are too low, it gets removed. In their terms, it gets blamed. Um, but if the votes are high uh, relative to the amount of votes, then they will actually receive a highlight indicating that this is of superior quality and that more people will start checking it out. And the beauty of it, at least back when I used to be active on it every day, is that on the left-hand column would be the new stuff. And on the right-hand column would be the top 50 animations of all time. And people would maybe they'll want to watch the top 50 stuff. They would want to see what's uh, hot for the week, what's hot for the month. And then they wanted to look at the new stuff. Now, how did we, how do, how were they incentivized? Well, as people were voting, they would submit, I think like five or 10 votes a day. And that was the max. They couldn't continue to vote so that people don't abuse the system, but they would build up um, experience. And so over time, they would actually have more voting power. So the idea was the more somebody participated the more weight their vote would carry. So if somebody was an active user every day for years, their vote, not make or break, but was enough to represent 10 people who were relatively new. And this was uh, an interesting loop system because you do have some people that will abuse it, but for the most part, it, it was funny because he would actually get a reputation for being a bad voter because I, um, if somebody had was constantly like downvoting things, uh, they could represent that in their aura. So you had like a dark aura, you had a neutral aura, you had a light aura. So wow. yeah, but you would also have people who would constantly um, over positive vote things too. So by, if somebody had a light aura, they were kind of a weenie and they like, they weren't being critical enough and they were constantly giving things like, you know, an, uh, a kindness vote. It's like, oh, well, you tried, it sucks, but we're going to give you a nice vote anyways. So there was, there was this amazing balancing act between the dark voters and the light voters and that every, you know, it, it, somehow the content always came out representing um, the, the, the value that was expected of it. If it was a good cartoon, it made it through. If it was a bad cartoon, it would get lost in, in the shuffle. And each individual voter not only had uh, varying power, but their power had different routes that it would go into. So I don't know how to exactly turn this into a question, but this was what came to my mind just uh, based on what you're describing. Yeah, I think that's definitely gives me like a lot of ideas like the next thing i wanted to do was like create like an ai where not ai but like an algorithm where we can sort of tell what video that the person might want to watch next based ah. on what based on track record like we probably have a track record of all you know all 500 students on what videos after what videos they watch so technically with that we we should be able to uh, use algorithms to predict what videos people might want to watch. And the next thing is I really wanted um, it to be like an Instagram sort of social media where people, you know, on Instagram, people have a feed of all their photos and all their things they do. There's like tag photos, etc. Starting.com will hopefully be like a feed of all the courses people have consumed 
and all the courses and resources they offer. Um, and it'll be like a cool, like it'll sort of be look like badges. You can go to other people's profile and see what they learn, what courses they've delved into, what resources they may offer. And then, you know, by downloading their resources, now that's now in your sort of folder. Um, and then there's this whole social currency and social, like everyone's sort of trying to help each other. That's sort of um, what I'm trying to sort of create. And then maybe with like, if you become really prominent, and, and gain a lot of ESP and, and by default, you'll probably get a lot of followers. That would give you a lot of sort of power because now every time you make a post like, hey, I released this new resource, everyone go ahead and download it, you're going to get a lot of reach. Also, you have the power to now upvote or promote someone else's product and be like, hey, I just downloaded this course. It's awesome. I think everyone should also download it as well. Um, just because and everyone's listening, just because one, he has a lot of followers and two, is at the top of the leaderboard. Um, so that's the thing that that comes to mind when, when, when you brought that up. Two things uh, popped in my mind. So one of them is about your, you know, your AI algorithm. And one of the uh, components of you know, browsing the internet that I really think is strong and perhaps a little underrated is, is tagging. So let's say, for instance, I, you know, I put out a, a, a tutorial, a sequence of tutorial videos, and each one I have a bunch of tags underneath it. And I don't mean like hashtag on Instagram. I mean, like, uh, I don't know if you ever used to uh, click up, but uh, click up actually puts like these little labels and they have different colors to it. And what I can see me doing is if I'm viewing somebody else's video, I'm clicking on the tags that I think resonated with me. And then my profile would have this aggregate of different tags that I have uh, I've taken to. So if, if informative, I, if I click on that one every time, then what the algorithm will be able to do is look at what videos have the same kind of like tag um, methodology and then the, and those ones would pop up. And then at the same time, the creators can see who's clicking on the tags based on what they think is relevant. So if I come into this thinking, well, this is going to be mostly um, uh, a, a, a informative one, but everyone is clicking on it for the word educational, like, oh, that's interesting. So I guess people are leaning more into the educational side than the informative side. So that's the, the thought that comes to my mind. Um, I, and I and I and I love the the heck out of doing that. The other thought that came to my mind too is the relationship between the product and marketing, because the concern that I was wondering if you're having is if the the activity around the content is starting to have more influence than the quality of the content itself. Like if somebody is like overhyping it, and then everybody goes to the video and goes, "Well, they well this guy really promoted the heck out of it, so I guess it's good." And if that's the case, then maybe is then I should I should do what this person says. Um, and then conversely, you have something that is um, uh, like highly accurate, and maybe it's not getting the the attention that it deserves. And so I'm wondering if that's a concern. But what I think this is important to keep in mind is that this has always been the relationship between the product and the marketing. You do need to have good marketing, and you need to have good product. Wasn't my idea. My mentor Ricky Hayes, he's the one that's nailed it into my head. Mark marketing is is the most important part because if you have a good product and no, nobody knows about it, then who cares? Yeah. Great, great question. So something that I've been thinking about for like the past few months and I was literally thinking about it like 30 seconds ago before you brought that up was a rating system, a sort of five-star system for courses. But I didn't want to do it just that because, you know, I'm a big fan of not doing what's some, not doing something that's already existed. Like, Udemy already has ratings on their courses. 
So that's something I'll, I'll have to think about. Like, how do I create a rating system that make it even more powerful than Udemy? So I might have to log into my Udemy account, go through the free course section, the $5 course section, the $10 course section, sort by reviews and see what I'd like different. See what I'm missing. Go to Amazon, see what, what they do or what makes their reviews so powerful. Is it the reviews or is it the ranking system on, on what ranks first? Um, and I think hopefully with the review system, um, that would solve a lot of issues on people promoting courses that are that have one star. That checks out. Now, I, I put this offer out to you before we were recording, but you're more than welcome to, I, I'll hand hosting over to you and we can have a look at, at it. Um, and I guess I'll also put this out on the table too, you know, no, no obligation, no pressure or anything like that. But if you wanted to show us what you're working on rather than uh, what you have, because chances are this won't be released until it comes out anyways. So I just wanted to put that offer out. Obviously it's uh, your discretion. Awesome. I'd love to. All right. So uh, hosting has been handed over to you. So uh, take it away. So this is the login page. It's app.studying.com forward slash login. Eventually, I probably would just remove app.studying and just go just straight studying.com, just like how Facebook does it. Like, I was like thinking, like, why do I need, eventually when this becomes free, why would I need a homepage? Because like Facebook and Google, they don't have any homepage for their website. You just go straight to the product. So right. Well, the, the user, I guess, uh, I mean, on Facebook, especially the user is determining their own homepage by you know where they where you end up first and then in google's case it's just happens to be like you know you go to google.com and then the the search is 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 there waiting for you so uh they don't try to inundate people with news or they don't try to start influencing people's mindset because when people go on to that search engine they already know what it is they're there for so google just says okay we're just here to be a tool uh by the way did you know about this 1982 uh scottish inventor this is their special day other than that it, we, we're, we're here to uh, facilitate your searching needs. So that's my, 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 my thoughts on that. Yeah. And like um, Facebook, if you were a new user and you didn't know what facebook.com was, they don't have like a homepage. When you go to facebook.com, it's just like a login page that I'm, we're looking at right now. But obviously it would have to be like, it might have to show more information. I'll probably look at Facebook and model after that because they probably crack the code on getting signups. Like, let's log in. So this is the current portal we have right now. This is version one of the portal. Um, you know, we do mastermind calls. Here's a news feed posting up the Zoom mastermind links. Here's a ranking of all these sort of um, students and all their levels. And surprisingly, you would expect that, you know, adults, they sort of um, really won't care about this. But it's surprising how people would just, like, churn through the course and watch a lot of videos just to climb these rankings. Um, I was quite shocked of, of how this actually had like an effect. Like I thought this was only a thing that would happen for younger people, but um, people actually enjoy getting that EXP. Now, if you post something on the newsfeed, let's say I post high, you have successfully gained 30 EXP. So this basically incentivizes the growing community. Right now, there's no, like, as we change, turn EXP into currency, that's where I can really see an exploding of, like, 
interaction and community because now everyone's incentivized um, to interact. Um, so that would be the next step. Now if we go to the modules, let's go to the dropshipping mentoring program. I have a quick question for you first. So with regards to the experience that people are collecting, uh, will it be retroactive where once it converts into a currency system, their experience will be spendable? That's the goal because I was thinking of using a second currency. I feel like that is where things get too confusing, where there's like a, your XP and then the amount of money you have. But then at the same time, if XP was turned into a currency, you put in all this hard work to level up to 50 and you spend it all on this one big course and now you're back to level one. Right. Uh, yeah, I see. I see. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, this is like, it's a one-time problem, right? Because once it's resolved, it's uh, it's not going to be an issue again. So the simplest way that I can see doing it would just be, say, give people a lump sum based off their experience level. Um, say, hey, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're entering this currency system and because of your current level, we're just going to give you, I don't know, 500 uh, points. So go nuts. And then if you really want to get like this, like, high level of uh, energy, you can always say, we're implementing the system in a month's time. So if you haven't, um, uh, if you have some time to uh, level up, you know, now would be the, the uh, an ideal time to do it because we're going to give you some, uh, uh, some extra points for it. So it might get somebody to, you know, eke a little bit, a few, a few more levels out there, 75, they, they can stand to get to 80. So luckily it's one of those things you're only going to have to resolve once. You would like to have two different sort of currencies where there's like a currency and XP. I guess that's like most games. People have their level and they have how much money they have rather than mining. Right. Because again, if you don't want people to, to feel like their, their experience is mitigated and then conversely, if new users sign up afterwards, they would also want to be able to participate in the experience system as well. So yeah, I mean, RPGs have like 500 different you know uh, variables that are increased you know you have experience you have gold you have stats you have charisma so like two i think two, two stats one is spendable one is a measure of progress i think is uh is digestible okay that's a good idea because now we can have like a, we could keep the same leaderboard of people who consume a lot of content how about as a course creator do you think a course creator should get XP or should they get currency for every person that downloads their resource? Um, the pro of if they should get every XP is like now like high level people are creators and we want a lot of creators. The con of that is what if you just had one course and you just pushed it like crazy and then, and you've, you've basically jumped all these people who are actual users who are studying, learning, watching videos and they're sort of pushing to the top and they don't want to become a teacher, but they're not being recognized because all these teachers just have an advantage because they could just have one course, have 300 people watch it. Now they're pushed to the top and they haven't consumed the content or learned anything and they haven't studied. That's, that's a great question. And I, so the, my, my first uh, gut reaction is you could just do another um, osmosis where there's creator XP. Um, and so maybe it's like a separate economy, but now we're worrying the thing where, okay, well, every time we have a problem, is the solution going to be another currency, another metric? So that that is a solution, but it could be a bit too um, 
unwieldy over time if people keep going back to that. Um, so, so just thinking about how it could, you know, like, what is it? A stitch in time saves nine. So the other thing that I think is worth pointing out is, and, and this I think speaks to a much broader issue about how exactly is a person's value quantified when it comes to any form of compensation? So for instance, you have say like an illustrator, uh, they've been they've been illustrating for, for 10 years and they're very good at it. And when they're charging money, they're not just charging money to cover their costs um, and to you know, make a living. Their value and what they're charging is based off of the time that they put into it, their schooling, um, all the times they work for free or for exposure. And, and I would say I have that issue myself as well. Like, cause we were, one of the things we talked about last time is, you know, as more creators come on, I could come on, you know, and, and, and do my thing as a, uh, as a podcaster and as an interviewer. And so I would be accumulating experience and people might resent that, but I would say, listen, I've been doing this for a long time and I've, and I, and I've struggled quite a bit. <laughs> and so to have this way to actually um, get results from from the work that I've put in um, is very encouraging to me. So I would look at it as a way to encourage the people who are just the learners to ask themselves, what can they offer? Maybe they know something that they've been doing for a long time, and maybe they haven't even had an opportunity yet to share that value with other people. So perhaps it should be a motivation for them to say, well, why don't you become a creator and um, then and and share and share what you know and and people can vote on and and vote on that. If we're looking for an equivalency in in a video game, in say like um, an MMO like World of Warcraft, so, <laughs> so you know people start with their starting classes like they're warriors, they're they're rangers, they're uh, sorry not rangers, they're hunters, uh, they're they're warlocks and stuff like that. But then people also pick up a profession where they do blacksmithing, they do mining, they do tailoring. And it's a way to, to, to generate uh, revenue and to you know, keep themselves busy and to be able to provide additional value. So it, it's, it's also a brain that's to bring this all down to the bottom line, which is, do you want, um, what do you want to be the optimal experience for a user? Do you want everyone who's a learner to also be a teacher um, or, are you okay with there being a divide between the teachers and the learners? And then there just happens to be people who meet in the middle. Yeah, I think my goal is ideally everyone's sort of in the middle where everyone's in their home. If you go to their profile, they probably consume a lot of courses. Like they probably have like 10 different courses in their, you know, courses section, but they have two or three resources on them whether it's free or they try to charge a dollar for it um but basically they have some pdf they want to share or some notes or some ebook that's sort of the ideal goal where someone is everyone's doing a bit of both and then basically what you just asked me was like a great sort of the light bulb it lit up was like the answer is always what is a goal in the next 10 years based on what the long-term goal is that would answer my question um, so I need to figure out what my long-term goal, and if that is my long-term goal, um, if the goal is to have people have be both a creator and a learner, maybe the solution is to sort of scale things, like the XP you get from watching a video. Let's let's see if we can watch a video right now. Here's a short one-minute video. 
So I used, I think people used to like be able to skip to the very end and claim XP. So now we sort of create this system where, as you can see, you skip it, it brings you back, but I guess you save some time. But while we're waiting for this video to finish, my theory is maybe like if when watching a video, you'll get say 30 XP. The next thing with the scale is the longer the video, the more XP you get. That's something we're working on. Um, but maybe watching a video is worth 30 XP, but if someone watches or downloads your PDF, you only get one EXP. So I'll scale in the things in a way where the top 10 is always a mix of learners and creators, 50-50. Um, and also people who just post a lot on the newsfeed and are really interactive and scale things where there's the healthy people at the top. And based on if all of a sudden there's nine, the top nine out of 10 people are creators, then I know I have to scale down the creator EXP. And I think that's sort of how I'll move. I'll just look at the top 10 and based on how even the spread is, change things based on that. And then you can always say, you can always have um, like special uh, ladders as well. Like create, if you're if you're a creator, you appear on this ladder, um, even if you have also also happen to be a learner, but this is a creator specific one, a learner specific one and and so on. One of the things that I've struggled with like in, in competitive gaming is the assumption that everybody has the same goal where everybody is trying to be, and I relate this to Pokemon of all things, um, where it's like the you know, the main character in the show wants to be a Pokemon master. They want to catch all the Pokemon. They want to uh, defeat all the gym leaders. They want to be, you know, they want to beat the Elite Four. And it's not a healthy ecosystem if everybody wants to be a Pokemon master. A healthy ecosystem is where people have different priorities. Some people actually just want to be gym leaders and they want to specialize. You have some people who actually are professionals, like they're fisher people or they, they're farmers. They just so happen to have a couple of Pokemon that are really helpful in their profession. And so they say, hey, why don't, why don't you, you, you test your Pokemon against my fishing Pokemon? And, and that is not only a healthy competitive ecosystem, but that is just a healthy world economy. Um, so it's important to help people figure out what are their own individual goals. And you have the people who want to be the masters and they want to be at the top. But if that is the only competitive uh, mechanism, then a lot of other people will uh, not have something for them to, to really sink their teeth into. Yeah, that's the exact, we're always on the same page. Like I was thinking about like, what if the top 10 becomes too intimidating where it's so out of your reach where you don't even bother to try? That's something that came to my mind as I was saying, it's like, huh. That can definitely be a problem where it's like, how do we make it fun for the people who are at the bottom? Now, the, the next thing that comes to mind is TikTok. TikTok has this, created this system where you don't really care about followers, but at the same time, you do a bit because it's cool to have followers, but you use it because the home feed is just amazing. Like you love the video. It's so tailored to you. And like you might post a thing here and there that you will get reached because TikTok likes sharing sort of new people's content um, where they've created the perfect balance of like you care about following where like some people do TikTok as a job, but at the same time people use TikTok just as a consumer and they just watch and consume content. Like that's something I could I should definitely study. Yeah, I've I'm, I'm I, I waver on my own opinion of TikTok because it's very good as a as a user, but it's like it, it can get pretty addictive pretty quickly. So it is very addictive. Yeah, I've I've like installed and uninstalled it like a number of times uh, in the it's last yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah. Now that Shopify has upgraded to version 2.0, we needed to make sure we were up to speed. So. 
we've released version 4.0 to ensure that we're 100% equipped to take advantage of the 2.0 revolution. If you haven't upgraded your store, head on over. And if you haven't gotten started, now's as good time as any. There was something that I wanted to ask you about um, with regards to um, uh, setting.com, but it looks like the video is done. So refresh my memory. Was there something you wanted to show us about with the experience game here? Yeah, so I think as that video, like you might have missed it, but in the video recording, people will see, um, like after we ended, I think the amount of XP we gave to watching this video was 50 XP. And then we'll go to your XP bar and sort of, yeah, yeah, it sort of incentivizes. And now when people go back to the thing, there's like a tick button. And then everyone wants to get to a point where they see stars on all their modules because it's like a satisfaction of, okay, this is checked. And they're sort of gone through each module one by one, trying to just add as many stars as possible, um, just to really complete the program. Um, so yeah, this is sort of like a gist of what the program looks like. Um, my course, um, particularly, we have like, like we've set up a system where there's five layers to the course, where layer one is just like all these weeks, which are split up into different sort of topics for like Facebook ads, product research, Facebook scale. And then let's say you go into say order fulfillment, frequently asked questions. This would be layer two. And under layer two, there'll be layer three where, for example, AliExpress GST will have two videos on just this one topic and there'll be layer four. So we have four layers in the course. And the reason I do that is because, for example, when you go to product research, I could show you how to do product research once, but it might not be enough for you to get the hang of it, maybe because I've missed something. So as a result, product research, I do it five times with five different scenarios, five different students from five different countries. So if you watched me showing and, and doing it the first time and you didn't understand, you could watch it another four times. And there's a good chance that by the time you've watched five episodes, you know how to do product research inside out. Now, the next question is, how do you teach someone what is a good product and what is not? So I literally have a module just for critiquing products where literally I rate thousands of products. Um, there's like 24, let's keep going, let's see how many episodes <laughs> now. There's a lot. I think there's like 50 episodes and I literally rate a thousand products. So people, by the end of 54 episodes, now they're like the question of, I don't know how to look at a product and, and give it a rating. Well, have you watched 54 episodes of me doing it? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then that's sort of the solution. So I like this layering system because another thing a lot of courses fail to do, they only had two layers. It was like weeks and then videos for each week. And then if you're lucky, it might have three layers. They wouldn't have four layers of videos, which then would make my course um, I wouldn't be able to upload my course onto any platform because no platform offered four layers. But at the same time, four layers can now make things really unorganized. Um, and that's something I have to work on. And so this is a, what I was uh, wondering about as well, which you you saw my answer here is because I, I was watching some of your YouTube videos about how much content you're uploading to this. And you're uploading quite a bit. I think you said, what was it, like 500 hours worth of content? And so how exactly are you, um, I guess, vetting your, your, your content? Um, and before I let you answer, I just want to note the layering system to me um, is 
helpful because it doesn't put an endpoint on how much content has to be uh, uploaded in relation to anything. So right for now, you have 54 episodes of product rating, but a couple of months go by and it's still something that you're doing. And of course, it's still probably evolving as well. So there's going to be another potential 54 episodes. And it's just this continuous thing where somebody can say, man, I've done 20 of these. I get it. Or they say, I've done 20 of these. I still don't get it. So yeah, but I, I'm just like, so how, So I just wanted you to take me through how you're determining um, uh, what to upload. And if it's, I, I'm almost getting the impression that you're just pretty much uploading everything because it's all probably value in one way or another. This is a process I've tried to train a team member it's, and it's been really difficult because I sort of know the topic and product inside out. So I've had to personally vet videos and how it comes with so much content is every week I do these mastermind calls and people come to a mastermind call asking questions that wasn't answered in the course. So I'll answer it, I'll chop it up and I'll throw that back into the course. So we have every little question like, how does price affect product rating? Chances this product will be a winning product. How do I learn how to rate products? All this little minor question here. Thoughts on sharp products. Thoughts on personalized. Sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. That, that's that. That can be valid, right? Somebody thoughts wants to send that. Kid opens it up, ends up getting cut. Exactly. Um, thoughts on seasonal products, copyright products. Avoid competing against well-known brands. Like since I do these mastermind calls, I'm having all these weird questions I'm throwing into the course and it creates this flywheel effect where the more students come in, the more questions I ask, the better the course, the better the course, the more unique questions I get, the more unique questions I get, the more the course gets bigger. And on top of that, I'll get a lot of repeated questions and the more repeated questions I get, the longer that section would become and the more longer that section becomes, it becomes an evident problem that people now sort of bring their attention to because there's 54 episodes to it um, and it creates this crazy flower effect. Um, and then hopefully by doing this, this becomes a foundation of what other course creators might then want to follow and do. I think it's uh, it's fascinating and it just um, speaks to you know human psychology as well. And, and one thing that I think is really helpful about this is, I'm not exactly sure how I want to characterize it, but I, I can see somebody is watching all those videos and then they come back to uh, a mastermind course and they said, look, I've watched all 54 of them and I still have a unique question. So even the more content that you're making is allowing for there to be more exploration of the concept for other people to come in at a different angle and then ask that question. Then next thing they know, you know, that, that answer is on that and the, and the, and the cycle continues. It's been a while since I heard the term flywheels Um, just to kind of like, uh, uh, run to the concept really quickly. It just sounds like it's you just you hit these touch points, and each touch point leads to the next one, and it's a positive cycle. Is that the majority of it, or am I missing anything? So I learned this from Jeff Bezos, and he talks about it with Amazon. But the best example is probably something like Uber. The more people that use Uber, the more money the drivers are going to make. The more money the drivers are going to make, the more drivers are going to want to join Uber. The more drivers that are going to join Uber, there's going to be faster car times. The faster the car time, the more people want to use Uber. And the more people want to use Uber, the more money each driver makes. And it creates this positive feedback loop. I see. Okay. Yeah, that uh, that clears that one up. So uh, excellent. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to show us about this? Uh, otherwise, I think we can uh, turn off the screen share for now. 
I'd love to turn it off. Um, I think that's about everything. I think portal version two, um, we have tools which I need to work on more where like it has like a bunch of different things. Like another thing I wanted to create, which I need to do is a product rated library. Like I wanted to get a team member to go through all thousand products I've rated, get the image, get the name of the product, put in a rating. So people can search in say dog and there'll be every dog product I've sort of rated will be in this library. But at the same time, what if I somehow have other people upload products and get like a general rating from the community and people get HP when they rate and just have this infinite library where we've basically rated every product and technically you can just go from highest rating to lowest rating and look at these hot products but then the thing is over time these products lose their rating because they get saturated so that's another problem but there is a tools page but the new features for portal version 2 is we want to go ahead and create things such as a global news feed and a sort of following news feed so to incentivize people to use a following function um, the next thing is we want the ability for each individual to go ahead and upload their own resources and their own courses. Um, another function is we want people to be able to buy and have add in PayPal as a function where individual students can buy and sell and, and offer their own program. So a lot of things happening in version two, but I'll probably save that or maybe, you know, for, for the future. Uh, but that's like the gist of what's to come. But yeah, I really appreciate you. Um, letting me share this and you being asking those amazing questions in relation to this. So let me stop the sharing now. Thank you so much, Joseph. Well, you're, you're welcome so much. It's what I'm here for. And I, and conversely, I, I appreciate, um, for, for, for one, that you, uh, how do I say this without being too hard on myself? Well, I appreciate that you appreciate my insight. You know, I, 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 I hesitate to, I do my best not to like come across as a, as a know-it-all only because I've done that in the past in other uh, career pursuits. And I just, I really try to practice humility, but even so I, I appreciate having a chance to kind of like you know, uh, apply my own thought process to it because uh, I, I really believe in what you're doing. And I, and I, and I think it's great. There is uh, something else, a couple of other things I just wanted to follow up on. So one of them is I know that one of your missions is you want a thousand success stories and your wall is coming along and got your videos on it. So where, how's that mission coming along right now? Uh, how, how far have you gotten into the thousand success story, Mark? Sure. So last time I think I was at maybe 20 something, 30 something. Now I think we've crossed the 40 mark where we have probably over like, we're getting close to 45, maybe it's 41, 42. Um, and that's sort of where we're at at the moment. I think that's something that I need to double down more on. Um, be more sort of following up on people and get more success stories. But right now we have like 41, 42 people from all over the world. Um, ideally, I do want to get 100 by now. Uh, I am a bit sad that I've only accumulated maybe an extra 10 or 15 since we've last talked, but that's where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, I mean, if if you average it out, it's like 1.3 per month. But, you know, that's still someone's life who's uh, changed uh, significantly. And now, and their, and their effect is having a resonant effect on, on, on their people. I remember one of your stories that we, we had talked about is how, you know, you were able to return the favor for your mother who had a lot of uh, work um, raising you guys. And so you have similar stories, I think for each person um, as well. So that, that, that there you have that number, but then you also have the, the, the ripple effect of all of it. And I think that is much more um, uh, 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 profound just, just from, just from my point of view, but nonetheless, I, uh, I, I welcome as, uh, every addition to that list as, uh, 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 
sorry. When it gets late in the day, sometimes I lose my train of thought. I just, uh, each, each edition is welcome in its own right. So thank there's that. You. Well, thank you as well. Okay, one, so I, I, sorry, go ahead. One thing I want to add in is like, you're totally right. I totally forgot, like at least five of those 40 ended up becoming teachers of their own. And now they've helped, you know, 20, 30, 40 people of their own. They probably have, you know, 100 students each. Um, and you're right. It, you know, and then obviously I don't take that into account. Um, but yeah, you're totally right, Joseph. Thank you for bringing light to that. Happy to do my part. All right. So I'm actually going to ask you one more uh, question and then I'll, uh, and I'll let you go because I know you got a busy day ahead of you. So one thing that, and this is coming back to some of the mindset stuff that we talked at the beginning. And this is something that I personally have an issue with, which is I've, I've got somewhat of a routine worked out. And there was a period of time where I was able to stick to that routine. And then specifically, a friend had a wedding like last weekend. And, you know, it's a wedding, there's drinks, there's, there's partying. And so like, and I'm 30, I'm th well, I'm 31, but I identify as 32. And, you know, it, 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 I, I wasn't in the best shape the day after or the day after that. And it's been now a week and I'm still not back on schedule. What I'm wondering about is, have you encountered situations where, um, your routine was just like broken and how you were able to get back on routine and if possible, how you were able to maybe do it in a reasonable amount of time. Most definitely like during this up and down process on the, on the last not only year, but over the last two, three years, there've been times where I've been just at it. I've been grinding. Um, and I've been so consistent waking up like 6am every single day doing my morning routines every single day. And the moment it breaks, all of a sudden, I go from doing 100% of the routine to 80% to 70%, and now there's no routine at all. And I get into this rut. It's like a two, three, four month rut where I'm trying to just figure out how to just get back on track and I'm just not motivated and not excited. I don't know why this is currently working. One, maybe it would break and I would go through the same cycle. Or maybe I've broken cycles many, many times to know the solution to things. So the one thing that comes to my mind is like, I know that if I get a lot of sleep, if I just give up a few days, sleep early for a few days, all that motivation and, and serotonin and dopamine comes back when I'm like, okay, let's, let's get back into routine. Option two is I built my current checklist in a way where it's not hard to start. Like waking up is probably the hardest thing, but then I meditate for five minutes and the meditation helps me get out of bed and the exercise helps me make my breakfast and I'm keen for eating oats and bananas. And doing that, I'm excited to go ahead and clear dishes. And I love my morning routine where I open up this browser bookmark uh, folder and it opens up 25 links on like Trello, Slack, um, Instagram, WhatsApp, um, my, my crypto trading, um, different things. And, and I just have just go through and I just lock them out and it's pretty satisfying. In the end, there's even like a, uh, before I get to my end thing, there's like a shopping list of things that I'm looking for good deals on. So it's like a cool process. So I really, one, been through enough downs to know that, okay, it's normal to get, to get off routine and, and sleep should really usually do the trick to give me that motivation again and then recovery to get me back on track. Two, building a routine 
that I sort of enjoy and it, each and, and I really look at each bottleneck where things get tough and see, okay, how can I make it harder? Remember, one thing that was really hard was going straight to work after lunch. So I put in clean something. For some reason, after eating lunch, and if I clean something, um, after I clean something, I'm like, all right, let's go get some work done. Whereas after I eat, for some reason, I feel like I should have watched some funny video before getting back to work. But since I'm no longer watching content, it was just weird. And on top of that, I was like, okay, what if I get, how do I know what to clean? So I have like a sort of revolving sort of checklist where things I haven't done in a while are okay. It says clean the couch. All right, clean the couch, bring it back to the top. So I wouldn't see that for another 30 days. So systemize that. And lastly, three, number three would be really being self-aware of all the bottlenecks, all the things that make it difficult for you to be on a routine and come up with solutions against them, whether it's eating in silence, whether it's creating a checklist, whether it's um, setting an alarm and don't snoozing it until you actually follow through on that alarm or setting a rule where you can't eat dinner until you end the day. Um, so that'll be number three. Dinner is an, an interesting one for me just because dinner to me is not the end of my day, especially because on the Western Hemisphere, most of my uh, teammates and the company, they're all starting their day by the time I'm done dinner. So oftentimes I will, you know, after dinner, I'm getting on. That's actually one of the rare times that I can talk to my my teammates um, in in person. And so that that is, I mean, again, we all you know we all, we all have different uh, paths to walk. So it's a particular challenge for me. But I do like the psychology of dinner represents the end of the day, and then everything that happens after that is you know it's time to wind down and and make your way to bed. So there, there's something left for, for for me to think about for sure. But uh, nonetheless, I I just I, I really appreciate the way you systemize these because it might not always be the direct cure for a problem, but I think what happens is the cure just kind of comes up as a natural byproduct of doing something that we know is good for us anyways. So if my motive, if, if sleep happens to improve my motivation, it might not even be the sleep. It might be some other thing that I'm doing to make sure that I'm falling asleep uh, earlier on in the day or, or whatever it is. So there's a, there, there's always underlying psychology to all of it. So that's just my, my, my last takeaway before I, uh, I let you on out of here. Yeah. I think the last thing I wanted to add was during this whole mindset journey, I was just not satisfied with not being happy every day. I, I was like, I was like, there must be a way where I can be productive, satisfied and happy every single day like all the top entrepreneurs they're consistent and happy every day like i've tried forcing out gratitude and and forcing out perspective when i'm not motivated um i've tried so many things and i was like not happy and like i've had to learn things like embracing the lack of motivation embracing that feeling of you don't want to get out of bed i know that through completing tasks I gain motivation. I gain satisfaction. By the end of the day, I'm always happy. And the best metaphor to accrue it to is a workout. How many people hate going to the gym? How many people know that the moment they go to the gym, they actually, they'll, they'll most likely complete their set? And how many people know that you probably don't like going to the gym, but you always feel amazing afterwards? 
Like every single gym set, there's, I, I don't remember a session where afterwards I did not feel happy. I don't remember a session where I rocked up and I left after 10 minutes. When I rock up, I'm like, yeah, I might as well do it. That's the exact same thing with my morning, my whole day routine. There's days where I don't want to do it. But when I get started on it, most likely I'm going to finish it. I do have to optimize things to avoid the traps that I'm still getting into. So I'm still tweaking things, but I always feel amazing afterwards. And as a result, I'm able to be productive every day and feel happy every day. And I'm getting close to it. I'm, I'm getting close. I'm, I'm figuring it out. I'm much closer than I was two, three months ago. And it's an accumulation of every single thing I've tested to try to be more happier. I've had an interesting day today. So having this conversation with you, was the timing of it was uh, uh, was almost uh, predestined, if I'm being honest. Um, so you've, you, you've even done me a favor just being able to share some of this uh, with me today. So with that, one more thank you for the road. Thank you. And then if you... I mean, we've been sharing a lot of wisdom. Um, usually the closing question is if you have like a quote or part of wisdom, you're welcome to share it. Um, but I'd say you've more than filled that bucket. So I leave it to you. And then um, for the audience, in case they need to be reminded of what we were looking at earlier or to check our YouTube out, just once again, uh, let the audience know where they should go find you. And uh, as, as somebody who, your some of your lessons, even from eight months ago, have still stuck in my mind. And, and I just want my audience to understand um, the significance of it. And I really encourage them to check out what it is that you do on your YouTube. Thank you so much, Joseph. I really, really appreciate those kind words. Um, yeah, if you guys want to check my content out, just search up Andy Mai, Andy, A-N-D-Y, last name Mai, M-A-I. Um, if you guys want to learn more about sort of how I sort of help people, check out studying.com. Um, really appreciate you letting me plug that. Uh, but yeah, finally, the last thing I want to leave with is anything is possible, literally anything. If you want to be more happy, that's possible. If you want to be happy every day, that's possible. And I'm not even th- talking about financially or having some cool car, being able to buy a Rolex. Like I know that's possible. But the little things like if you want to be happy every day, if you want to be confident, if you want to... Um, if you want to get ripped, anything is possible. Um, and I think I, I fell into this trap where I was like, I, I, I literally thought maybe it's not possible to be happy all the time. But I'm striving for that to happen and I think that's possible. Um, I haven't reached that yet, um, but I, I'm not going to give up. And that's sort of what I want to leave with. All right. Well, to my audience. As always, it is an honor and a privilege to be able to collect this information, share it with all of you. So you all know what to do at this point. Email podcast at debutify.com. Share your thoughts. Uh, go check out Andy's content. Highly recommended. And with that, take care. And we will check in soon. Thanks for listening. You might have found this show on many number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you. So whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. 
If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to Debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.